0: Welcome back to a Clubfoot Mom podcast. I'm your host and fellow Clubfoot Mom, Maureen Hoff. On today's episode, I'm going to talk about that first week when your cutie transitions to the B&B from the cast. So when they start their boots and bar phase and your casting experience is done. I'm going to talk about what things helped us during our transition and some of the things that we Struggled with, and then the challenges that we faced, in hopes that it will help you learn from our mistakes. So the first thing I want to note is that a lot of kiddos have different experiences transitioning to the B and B. Some do really well, like I've seen on a lot of social media posts, parents who talk about how they seem their cutie really seamlessly transitioned without any issue, and. I look at those posts with envy sometimes because I wish that would have been the case for us, but some of them really do struggle and it takes a while to, for your cutie to adjust and for, frankly, the parents to adjust, getting used to putting on the brace, helping their children soothe them during that experience, helping sleep, all of that stuff. So if you're one of those parents who is struggling or their cutie may struggle during the transition, this podcast is really for you. And But as always, just seems to be a reoccurring theme in the clubfoot world. The more that I talk about it and research it and work with other professionals is that all clubfoot isn't the same, just like any other medical diagnosis, Right. There is differences. So babies adjust differently because babies have different temperaments. Like, for example, my cutie is has always been really hot and cold, real feisty and real sweet, just like can flip on a dime. I think that's just part of her built-in temperament. So switching to when we transition to b and I think... That temperament combined with a transition and trying to soothe her created this dynamic where she was constantly upset. Now, whether that was because she was in the boots and she was adjusting to them, or just frankly, her temperament at that age, I don't really know. It was a combination, but you'll have to think about how your baby is in their temperament overall versus just always going, This is the boots. Because I think parents can tend to do that sometimes. Your baby's upset and crying and you go, oh, it's got to be the boots and bar, when in reality, it could be a multitude of other baby things that aren't clubfoot treatment related. So I just want to honor the fact that everybody's experience is different. I first want to say that there should be no lag time between the last cast and the B&B. This is a really important part of the clubfoot correction process, okay? Your baby's cast comes off, the boots and bar should be put on that day, right? So they should already be sized, fitted. You should go home from that appointment where the cast is taken off and be in boots and bar. There shouldn't be a day, two days, a week while you're waiting, because if that happens, then you risk the chance of having some recurrence in the correction that you guys have worked so hard to do. So just make sure that you have that conversation with your medical professional team and just let them know that it's really important. If they say something to the difference, then work with them about it. Talk to them about your concerns. Let them know what you found and what you've heard and see what and see what their response is. And then you guys can work together to come up with a plan. Now the sizing of the first boot is interesting, right? I we use we've exclusively used the Mitchell AFO boot and that was what the hospital sent us home with. And trying to find that right size I think is really important for this first week of transition. It's and maybe I think that because we had a struggle with it where we put them in the boot that we had given to us from another uh, fellow clubfoot mom who had given us a boot, and it was kind of the right size, but I think in actuality it was too big, which then caused problems. And the hospital sent us home, and I ended up having to drive back to the hospital, which is over an hour away, to get a smaller size boot because I just could feel that it wasn't right and that her it was causing skin issues and discomfort. So. If you can, make sure that they're ready with the right size boot for you. So all hospitals, I think, and doctors do this a little bit differently. So some doctors will measure the foot, make sure that it has the right size. Other doctors will wait and they have boots on hand, so they just will try different boots on the foot. And I think some of them also have um, an I know MD Orthopedics sells their sizing liner guide. So it's the liner that's inside of the Mitchell boot that then you can kind of easily put the kid's foot in to see which size is the right size. So maybe some hospitals use that. I know for us, we didn't have a actual like measurement or it was kind of a look and see, yeah, that looks good. And then you're on your way. And in hindsight, I really wish I would have paid more attention to that and really pushed harder and said, okay, is are we sure this is the right size? Do we need to get a different size? Uh, instead of kind of just letting whatever we had work, because I think it would have saved us. Now, I can't be 100% sure, like I said earlier, if it would have made it easier, but I can tell you from the moment she had those boots on in 23-hour wear, she started to develop those red marks on the back of her heels. And and those things did not go away until we decreased hours. so that was three months later. I don't know if that's attributed to the fact that we had the wrong size boot. Um, I don't know, but If I think if you can make sure that your kid's in the right size boot, just working with your medical team, I think it can help alleviate some of the issues. Now, as far as the bar goes, I think the important part is the bar length, right? It's ensuring that the length of the bar is at shoulder width. And the reason for that is in order to provide more comfort and so that the knees can bend in the right positions, right? So if the feet are too close together and you try to bend your knees, it puts more pressure on your knees where if your feet are hip-width apart or shoulder-width apart, it's easier to bend your knees. So since your cutie is going to be in this boots and bar, you want that bar length to be right. So have your medical team double check before you leave because I know as a parent, I had no idea what the right length was, which screw I was supposed to be like measuring on the outside of her, inside of her shoulders, outside of her shoulders, what part was supposed to do what. And so if you can have them spend an extra, even just an extra minute going over it with you, I recommend you do it. The degree of rotation for the actual boot, right? So we've talked about this before is either... 60 or 70 degrees, somewhere in between there. I think our cutie's at 60 and has been from for the duration of her B&B. So that's just the way, the external rotation degree. So that's for the club foot, right? For a typical club foot correction. Your doctor, if your cutie was born with an atypical club foot or it or any other sort of circumstance, there may be a different degree and you'll have to work with your doctor. But the standard degree for a corrected club foot that's going into Boots & Bar is between 60 and 70 degrees. For a club foot. Now, if you are unilateral and you have one foot that's not a club foot, so not affected, that would be between 30 and 40 degrees for the non-club foot. Okay? So I think the degree of rotation is something that should be set by your medical professionals. We never set it to start until we ordered new new bars. And then once we ordered a bar, then we kind of had to set it on our own at home when we transitioned from our Ponsetti bar to the first Dobbs articulating bar. But I think it would behoove you guys to check in. And I think it'll make for a smoother transition, less questioning, less worry, less concern for you. Thinking about, oh, is this in the right spot? Is this in the right degree? And have them show you how, how you can easily check to make sure, to alleviate that concern. If you're like, oh, this doesn't look right because it's different. It's new and you guys are adjusting to it and you don't know exactly what it's supposed to look like. So I... Think if you can, anything that they can help reassure you with and walk you through with during that appointment, do it. I say this because I think we really underutilized that final cast appointment. I think that was twofold for us. One, we were super excited to be done with the cast. Like, I was just ready to move on to anything. I was like, I'm ready to get my kid out of these huge, heavy casts because by the last cast, they're heavy and they've been on for two to three weeks if you've had a tenotomy. And you're just ready to move on. So I think I was so excited that I didn't really take the time to learn the things that I needed to learn to help us in the transition. And if I would have had a list of questions or things that I needed to ask during that appointment, I really think that first week would have had a different outcome for us. We wouldn't, we would have felt less stressed, which then it would have helped our baby feel less stressed. Because... I do believe that they feed that we feed off of each other. So the more stressed I am, the more stressed she's gonna be, and then it just compounds. So if you can make a list of a point of questions that you want during that last cast, be super excited that it's the last cast, but also know that you're transitioning and that transition to boots and bar with you at home doing medical care for your child may be more difficult than you anticipated. So take the time to really learn everything you need you can from them about it, and then make sure you ask them, what do I do if I have questions? Who do I contact? Who's the person that I talk to? In our case, this was a big touching point for us where we didn't, it was touchy for us because we didn't have someone that we felt like we could go to, right? Our doctor wasn't available. The medical team was also busy doing other things. So it made it... Uh, just hard to feel like we had support moving into the transition. Now, some of the things that I think would be helpful too for for you guys just to prepare for Boots & Bar, for the transition. These are items that I think that we had on hand that helped and that I think could help you guys too would be One, the embe swaddle. I've talked about this before in the casting section, but it really becomes necessary during boots and bar. If your child is still swaddling it after cast is done, then the embe swaddle is really great because it has the legs out version. So the boots and bar can be out and you can still fully swaddle the upper part of your child's body while allowing them to be free on the bottom. And with that goes footless pajamas, right? So all those cute footsie jammies that we got, um, either we cut off the bottom part of it and made the and then just made them into our own jammies, or frankly, most of the time we did a onesie with a with pants. Uh, that just seemed to be the most efficient for us for diaper changes in the middle of the night, less snapping, less zipping, less trying to get them in and out, and you could easily pull down without having to affect the boots. So anything that works for you guys for footless jammies, just know that you're going to need some sort of foot option, foot out option. And then come the socks, right? So which type of socks are going to work for your cutie? Do you want Old Navy socks? Do you want Granimal socks from Target? Do you want the Black Robin socks or other socks? I recommend you get a few different pairs, right? So that way you have different ones that you can try out. We have exclusively used the Black Robin socks. We've switched around a little bit in that 23-hour wear just because they're in them so often that... We were trying to adjust and to make it so there was less pressure because we had those red spots form. So, but ever since she was out of 23 hour wear, we started Black Robin exclusively. And those we order from MD Orthopedics. But I think there are other cuties out there that don't, their skin doesn't like the thicker fabric. So you need something thinner. So maybe have two, three different types of socks and then test them out. For shorter periods of time. The great thing about 23 hour wear is you can test a pair of socks for two hours and then change it at the next boot check. Uh, so it's not like you have to have them in all night to see how they work for an extended period of time. So try things out. See what works for your cutie. We also had foot glide anti-blister balm, which we had ordered from Amazon per another uh, club foot mom's suggestion and we would put that on the top so the forefront of her foot and the back heel every time we put the boots on every time we put new socks on and the boots went back on that would go on just to help create some um, decrease in the friction and frankly we still use that every single time we put the boots on today and now that she's just in night and nap wear another thing that might be helpful to have on hand is a pressure saddle or what parents kind of call the pringle which is another item that you can order from md orthopedics or a lot of medical professionals already have them and then they'll give them to you with the boots Uh, but if they don't you can ask about it and this can help be put on top of that tongue placement where the middle strap goes and it helps alleviate some of the pressure from that middle strap you're trying to get the middle strap down so tight enough to keep the heel down but not so tight that it causes blisters, or sores, and that can be a really delicate balance, and you're walking a really fine line. Sometimes that pressure saddle will will help. In our case, the pressure saddle actually caused more issues for us because our cutie needed less pressure, and so adding more bulk to her boot ended up causing more of the red marks to appear as opposed to the opposite. So like I said, it just depends on your cutie, but to have them on hand, and we've used them throughout kind of intermittently depending on where her foot was and how uh, how the red marks had progressed. I also think that you should have some moleskin on hand, which is like a really thin fabric type that you can put into the boot if need be. So if you're having um, rubbing or friction or something on the back of the heel, you can put it there. I think it's just good to have on hand and then to talk to your medical professional if you need it and go, listen, this is what we're struggling with. We've seen other people put this on the boots. Should we do this? Should we not? And then talk to them about it and see what you think. I think the other things that you want to keep in mind are the boot checks during this first week of transition, right? Um, I think I took the boots off and put them on so many times because first, I just needed to get used to doing it. I needed for her and for me to get used to putting them on, adjusting them, getting her foot in the right position. And frankly, that takes time. And it's going to take a lot of practice, just like anything else. So the more often I did it, I think I did boot checks every diaper change. It just made sense for me. So that was every couple of hours or after she would wake up or something like it was every few hours that I would do the boot check. And then if I saw that the heel was kind of slipping out and her foot wasn't in a right position and it wasn't a boot check time yet, then I would go ahead and readjust the boot then too. But there was a lot of readjusting during that time frame. So I think the moral of this whole thing for me is the first week of transition can be a lot. I think what can really help is having a list of questions for your team for that last casting appointment, the first appointment, right? So that you have a list of things to help you feel confident moving forward. Have them put on the boots, take off the boots, and show you how to do it. Practice doing it in front of them. Have a list of what exactly... Components that you guys need to be checking on a regular basis to ensure that they are in the right position, and that you don't you go home feeling like okay, I have an idea of what I need to do, and now I can practice. I think you you really need to utilize that appointment more. I I mean I suggest it because I didn't, so utilize it the best you can, and then stock with a bunch of different products that you think are going to use that you might need to use, maybe you won't use, but maybe you will. And it'll be easier to have it on hand than trying to order something in that acute moment of going, oh man, I really wish I would have had a pressure saddle or a different a different pair of socks to try so you're not running out. I mean, I think we did a lot of that. I looked for a lot of different socks in a lot of different places and I spent a lot of time running around kind of like with a chicken with my head cut off going like, I don't know. So stress begets stress begets stress. And I just, it just compounded to create a very stressful first week transition. So slow down, give yourself some grace, prepare as much as you possibly can, and then just know that you will get better, your cutie will adjust, you will adjust. You just need to give yourself some time, some practice, some flexibility. And know that you are doing the best thing that you can and you're trying the best that you can. And while your baby may not be supremely happy and you may be stressed, you can take comfort in the fact knowing that you're doing everything that you can and that you've, you're have you trying your hardest. And I think clubfoot parents don't always get told that because there isn't somebody there holding your hand through this whole thing, especially during these really difficult moments. So just know that you're doing the best that you can for your child, and you should be really proud of yourself for doing that. Because I know that I'm proud of you. I was proud of myself, but I wish I just didn't, I wish I could have told myself that. So I'll tell you instead. So I'm proud of you guys. Stick with it. Know that things will get better. And as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. I hope that you found the information helpful for you. Uh, if you know of someone who could benefit with this, please share it with them. At this point, you can contact me on my Instagram account at Clubfoot Mom. I also have working on getting a website up and running. So hopefully within the next few weeks, I'll be able to send you guys to a contact page on my website. If you want to contact me about any of the things